Welcome back to the Pound the Table podcast. I am your host, the always off-season NFL GM, Fred. And we've got a great show plan here for you today. It's going to be our first pre, or excuse me, regular season uh, pre-show here where we're basically going to go into depth about the week one matchups. We're going to have storylines that we're looking forward to this season. And basically, it's going to be our new format here where we're going to be diving into storylines each week. We're going to be picking games, and we're going to be talking recent NFL news. It's all about regular season here. It's our first football Sunday coming up, our first football weekend. So I know everybody's pumped. It's been what we've been waiting for for almost an entire year. So we're going to get a full healthy dosage here, and can't wait. So without further ado, we're going to dive right into the week one uh, recent NFL news. So in recent NFL news, there's a couple things that came down here in the, the, the off week here we had between preseason and the regular season. And the first one is being that uh, Malcolm Butler actually was placed on the reserve retired list after some drama that he'd had. And I believe it was some personal issues that he cited for the fact that he was debating retirement heading into the season here. And it looks as though the he'll be letting the Cardinals know that he's going to be retiring moving forward, which is um, it's pretty interesting. So... Uh, he was he was expected to be a pretty key piece of that defense, so it'll be interesting to see how they kind of supplement some of that talent they're losing there in the defensive backfield. And then next up is going to be that tight end Irv Smith. He had uh, had a type of meniscus injury, but it's believed that his timetable for recovery is going to be four to five months rather than the fir- the, the month or so that it was originally believed to be, and apparently his season will be over. I know shortly after uh, it was announced that he may had the injury, they made a trade for Chris Herndon, the tight end from the Jets, which is interesting because Herndon's always been that guy that everybody's believed is going to be the next breakout tight end, and he's just never quite gotten there. Now he should have every opportunity in the world over there in Minnesota with Kyle Rudolph gone and in the New York Giants office. So we'll, we'll have to keep track of like what happens here. I just I think tight end's such a pivotal role. Uh, in today's NFL that you need to have one that's that's got some upside to him and Herndon's always had upside Irv Smith still has upside it'll just be curious excuse me I'll just be curious to see if he can actually capitalize on this this opportunity now so moving right along then the next interesting bit of information to me was going to be the Houston Texans naming Tyrod Taylor their quarterback one for week one doesn't surprise me in the fact that he won the job uh really he was only competing against davis mills but when we take a look here i think what's interesting is they are keeping four quarterbacks on their roster so you're allowed 53 people on your entire roster and i believe 11 need to be inactive on game day or something like that and with the whole deshaun watson excuse me the deshaun watson situation uh, where he he's not on the exempt list, they have to roster him on their roster. So now they're carrying four quarterbacks, uh, other than the first two I named, and then an additional backup. So now you're paying this man uh, to not play, to not do anything. You're not going to play him, and you're not going to trade him. So I, I I respect that they're holding out, trying to get the offer that they're looking for, but it's just it's wild to me that they're going to use that roster spot for a guy that's just not even going to play. So 
another situation to monitor moving forward. But I don't think if there was any movement by now that there's really going to be any uh, anytime soon until they figure out some of the, the situation that he's going through at the moment. So the next piece of information that I wanted to go into detail about, excuse me, was going to be Duke Johnson is signing with the Jaguars to their practice squad. Uh, Duke Johnson was with the Houston Texans last year, former Cleveland Brown running back. Um, he's known for being a good pass catcher out of the backfield. So I don't really think that this impacts uh, James Robinson or Carlos Hyde's touches. But I think eventually when he gets up to speed, he's going to play like kind of like that Chris Thompson role that was there last year, what Chris Thompson did in Washington. Uh, Big-time pass catcher out of the backfield, be able to – absorb some of the targets there and be a good safety valve for Trevor Lawrence. And then the last piece of information that just came down recently that was quite interesting was that the Ravens were working out running backs this uh, last Monday with Lev Bell, Devontae Freeman, Elijah Holyfield, and so on. And I, I know everybody says, oh, well, that's going to impact Gus Edwards. They're going to take away from he's Excuse me. Those running backs will take away from Gus Edwards. And in my opinion, if you're going to take a, a washed up Le'Veon Bell or Devontae Freeman and give him carries over a guy like Gus Edwards, who's got much less tread on the tires, I think you're kind of crazy. Uh, I'd go with the young gun. But it'll be, I'm sure they'll get some carries. I just don't think it's going to be quite the biggest impact as everybody else is making it out to be. So, um, regardless, something to monitor as the Ravens look to shore up some of their running back depth. So after that, that's going to be the recent NFL news segment. So for the next part of the podcast here, the it's going to be a part that I'm going to try to include each week. It's going to be my favorite storylines for the for the upcoming week. And since it's week one, uh, this is going to include some of my storylines for the entire season. So basically, it'll just be us going into depth, uh, kind of sharing our, our take on what we think about some of the biggest stories heading into the NFL season. So right off the bat, my favorite uh, 2021 take, and I think that's going to be the biggest impact on the season, is going to be, once again, COVID. So we've seen what COVID did to the season last year where they were able to get through the season. We weren't allowed to have fans, but it's just there's been so much out there recently about vaccinations and how that's going to impact teams on day-to-day basis. And you see it that if you're unvaccinated, it's a clear disadvantage. And it, it slowly leaks out with some of these guys that go on the COVID list that are out for like 10 plus days just because they're unvaccinated and had a close contact. I think that's going to rear its head throughout the entire season. I think you're going to continue to see these guys. They're going to continue to be under a microscope and they're going to continue to be just completely scrutinized over this decision, whether they were vaccinated or not. And I I know everybody's sick of it. I know nobody wants to talk about it anymore, but it's it's a real issue that's out there. And I think it's really going to just continue to rear its head throughout the entire season. So I think that's going to be the number one thing to take away from this year. So getting back to football takes, though, uh, my second favorite uh, 2021 take is going to be Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers spite season. So uh, I I listen to the Pat McAfee show and I, I like some of their football takes that they have and football stories that they share. And they go back to when Br- Tom Brady uh, basically helped win them the Patriots their last Super Bowl. It was kind of like a spite season where they were like, all right, I've, I've just about had enough here. 
let's get one more last ride here. And it's I think it's pretty clear that Aaron Rodgers is on his last leg in Green Bay. So can they put it all together for one more year and get it done and get the Lombardi home? Uh, I mean, if you listen to last week's segment, you know that I think that they can. Uh, it'll be it'll be in- extremely interesting to see uh, whether or not they can actually capitalize on that. I think that they got the offense to do it. Uh, they're extremely high powered, in my opinion. Uh, I mean, you see what they did last year, and then they add a, a rookie Amari Rogers, who's kind of a, a a kind of different kind of weapon that they haven't had in years past. So then, hopefully, they short up the defense, getting rid of the Mike Patton system. So I think that they have the great, they have a really great opportunity to do so, especially if Aaron Rodgers is motivated, just like he was last year. And then my third favorite take here, and this is you could pretty much just rinse, wash, and repeat this every year, but it's going to be the rookie quarterbacks. I love these rookie quarterback storylines, and this year is actually probably a greater storyline than it's been in the past because you got guys like Trevor Lawrence making his first starts this week who's been one of the most highly touted rookies since like Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck. And then you also have Zach Wilson, this this gunslinger that came out of nowhere last year and got went to the second overall to the New York Jets, this huge fan base in uh, the metropolitan area up there. And then the third quarterback off the board, Justin Fields, you have going to the Chicago Bears, and Andy Dalton is currently the incumbent starter, and apparently they're going to sit him as long as they can and to let Andy Dalton try to win this job throughout the year. And you got Mac Jones beating out Cam Newton for the job in New England, and he, he's the day one starter there, and then Cam Newton gets released, and they... Bill Belichick just makes this this big decision. I just I think all these storylines are just incredibly incredibly interesting, just because how it unfolds and what it means for their season. You know, are these guys going to come in polished and ready to win and win football games right off the bat and get these guys to the playoffs, or is it going to be, you know, the typical rookie season where we see some lumps and they just they don't quite develop at the same pace that we're used to seeing from some of these from some of these guys. So and I love the rookie storylines. Uh, oh, I even forgot Trey Lance, and you got Trey Lance over in, in uh, excuse me, sorry about that, uh, the San Francisco 49ers, where he's going to be in this just extremely quarterback-friendly system, and it's it's he has all the talent in the world. He's got this absolute rocket arm that's way better than Jimmy G's. He's more athletic than Jimmy G. It's just how long can they Jimmy G stave off Trey Lance before it's just it just becomes time. So love these storylines. Love uh being interested in this kind of thing at this time of year it's it's the unknown that gets everybody so and then the last thing that um kind of trips my trigger here that I, i'm really interested in seeing for the 2021 season is going to be the new orleans saints and the sean payton effect so they lose drew Brees, they lose their their roster is gutted just because of cap casualties and they bring Jameis winston and apparently he's went to the sean payton school of quarterbacking and now he's he's fixed he's got LASIK he's got all this stuff that he's he's a better quarterback than he was in Tampa Bay and the Saints are known for being a a team that just constantly churns out wins and here they are with so much different on their roster compared to last year can Sean Payton really shine as a play caller and show that he fixed I put that in air quotes fixed Jameis Winston and that they're ready to go moving forward. I, I don't think he can, especially when you look at that wide receiver room. It's very troubling with Michael Thomas out. 
Um, I know everybody likes Marquez Callaway, but I mean, this is a guy that's never performed other than preseason. And Traquan Smith's hurt, and but you still got Alvin Kamara as like a safety valve. Ah, I'd be extremely nervous if I was a Saints fan. I would really hope that uh, Sean Payton's one of the few coaches that can overcome some stuff like this and really shine as a play caller. But uh, if I'm them, I'm not holding my breath. It makes me nervous. It's something that I'm definitely going to be paying attention to to see if you know they can come back and they can be something. So. I'll try to do this every week where I share some of my favorite takes week to week, uh, basically some storylines from the last week, uh, some stuff that I'm looking forward to from the w- the week coming up. So make sure we stay tuned, uh, subscribe so we can catch up, up on that. So moving over to the, our picks for this week. So moving on to our picks for the week. Uh, each week we'll go through and uh, I'll keep a running total of how we were the week prior. Uh, at, we'll, we'll pick every game. And it's right off the bat here, the first one's going to be the Dallas Cowboys and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And the Dallas Cowboys are favored plus, or excuse me, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are favored by eight moving into this game on Thursday night. And I just, I don't see any way that Tom Brady loses this game opening day. Dallas has made a lot of changes to their defense. And I'm just, I'm very shaky about whether or not they actually are better because of it. So... I'm going with Tampa Bay week one. And the next game up is going to be the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills are favored by six and a half points, and rightfully so. I think that they are better on offense by quite the number. The only position I would say on the Pittsburgh team that's better than the Buffalo Bills is going to be running back, and running back isn't as key of a position at that at that point. So I'm going to take the Buffalo Bills. Uh, like I said, even their defense is just better, in my opinion. Uh, I'm. It's close on defense, at least. I know they got T.J. Watt, they got uh, Cameron Hayward, they got Joe Hayden, all that stuff. But, I mean, the Buffalo Bills are just as stacked. And they really made a point to to try to improve, improve that defense alliance. So I think we're going to see a new Buffalo Bills monster this year. Moving down the list here, uh, I actually outlined this as one of the games I'd, I would definitely be watching in week one in the offseason. But it's going to be the New York Jets versus the Carolina Panthers. And the Panthers are a favorite at minus five, which I believe is 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 right because I think that their roster as a whole is better. But in the quarterback room, I'm not sure how much of an upgrade Sam Darnold is over Zach Wilson. But the only reason that I'm going to pick the Carolina Panthers here is because there's going to be a little bit of a, a revenge game here for Sam Darnold. And when we take a look at that New York Jets defense, I think it's going to be atrocious. It's going to be terrible you're going to see some gaudy numbers from them. And I know Robert Sale is calling the plays on defense. But, like, they don't. I don't think they have a cornerback on their roster that would start on another team. So it's it's just a very interesting situation there in New York. Their offense has a lot of bright spots to be, to be optimistic about. But I just think Carolina is going to carve that defense up. So I'm going with Carolina. And then next up, I am going to roll into the next game where it's the Jacksonville Jaguars versus the Houston Texans. And I, I like the Jacksonville Jaguars roster, even with the some of the injuries that they've had. Uh, ETN kind of hurt a little bit. I thought he was going to be super dynamic from this year. But you still have a lot of the key pieces. It sounds like they're going to have their starting offensive line all ready to go week one. And then combine that with the fact that the Houston Texans might be one of the worst rosters I've seen in the NFL in the last decade. <laughs> I 
I'm going to roll the Jacksonville Jaguars here uh, pretty easily. So they're favored by three in this game. I think they definitely get the get the job done. Next game up here is going to be the Arizona Cardinals and the Tennessee Titans. And when I take a look at this, and this is a tough one to call just because I think Arizona is going to be better than people give them credit for. And I think uh, Tennessee is going to be not quite as good as people give them credit for. I think the Tennessee defense is very, very down. The the Malcolm Bar- Butler retirement really hurts the Cardinals. They really needed help on that back end, and they really don't have much now. So I think this could be, we could see like kind of like a, a shootout here in terms of offensive play. And I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I'm going to take the Arizona Cardinals. I think that uh, they just have a lot more firepower on offense. And I like Kyler Murray and his, his uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Dynamicism, dynamic playmaking ability. I think that just what they're going to bring on offense is another dimension. I'm actually Tennessee's favored by three, so we're kind of going against the, the grain there. For the next game, it's going to be a Los Angeles Chargers versus the Washington football team. And this one's honestly is, a, is at a pick em. So yeah. I'm going to roll with the Washington football team just because I love their defense. I love what they're going to be able to do, the pressure they're going to be able to bring up front. And I think, I'm not saying that Justin Herbert's going to be bad this year, but I think you're going to see some regression back to the mean. Like, this guy was like the best rookie quarterback in the history of the NFL last year. Like, he had like 4,400 yards and like 33 TDs. Like that, that is just like crazy numbers. Like that does not happen all the time. And I think now that the uh, team's got some film on them, I think they're going to be able to heat them up. They're going to be able to do some things that aren't going to confuse him and make him look a little bit, I'm not going to say worse, but not quite as good. I still think he's going to be good. I still think he's got a ton of potential. I worry about some of their weapons on offense. I know they got Eckler, they got Keenan Allen. I'm not high on Mike Williams, so that's the only thing that's concerning to me. So we'll we'll see. I'm taking Washington football team here. And then as we roll into the next game here, it's going to be the Philadelphia Eagles versus the Atlanta Falcons. Atlanta Falcons are favored by three and a half. And <laughs> this this might be the most unwatchable game of the weekend, just because. These are two teams that have some offense, they have new coaches, and they have no defense. So, I mean, I guess if you want to see a ton of offense, I mean, tune in. Because other than that, there ain't going to be much here to watch. But I'm going to go with the Falcons. I just think that based on what you've seen last year, this is a team that can still win uh, week to week. Just not as quite a high of a level as they've been used to in years past. But when you look at their offense, I think their offense is better than Philly. I think their play call is better than Philly. I mean, both defenses are atrocious, so um, that gives me the edge for Atlanta. Atlanta is favored by three and a half. Um, and I think that makes sense. That's, that seems about like the right line. All right, rolling right into the next game then. It's going to be Seattle Seahawks versus the Indianapolis Colts. And it seems as though that Carson Wentz is going to play in this game. Even with him, or if he does, even if he does play in this game, I guess it doesn't really matter to me. I'm still going to go with Seattle just because I'm not buying into the Indianapolis Colts this year. I don't even think he's that improved. I don't think you're going to see, I mean, you're going to see some drop off, but it's not going to be like a huge drop off from Carson Wentz to like Jacob Eason. Like that's going to be my hot take for the week. I don't think there's a huge drop off there. I think there, Carson Wentz is not a very good quarterback after last year. He's a little bit broken and Jacob Eason's just an unknown. 
And when we flip it to the other side, Seattle's got Russ. Russ is going to take care of the ball. He's going to score points. He's going to move the ball. He's going to do just Russell Wilson things. So I'm going with Seattle in this game. Moving into the next game, it's going to be the Minnesota Vikings versus the Cincinnati Bengals. And Mike Zimmer comes back to his former employer in the Cincinnati Bengals. And uh, he's he's squaring off with them. But uh, I don't think Cincinnati's a good team this year. I think... Once again, they're gonna end up in the top five draft slots here. They're gonna be picking high just because they're not they're not good. Like who knows what Joe Bor Joe excuse me, Joe Burrow is even gonna look like. This is a guy that just blew his knee up last year. Like this isn't something that just happens overnight that you come back from. It's something that you gotta build up confidence and build up strength in the knee, build up strength in the leg to come back. And I think it's gonna be a little bit of a, a slippery slope at first for him. So I'm gonna go with the Minnesota Vikings here. The next game on the docket here is going to be the San Francisco 49ers versus the Detroit Lions. And the San Francisco 49ers are favored by seven and a half points. And that that makes sense. So Detroit's not good, man. Detroit is just not good. I mean, I'm not drinking the Kool-Aid with Jared Goff. They got Tyrell Williams and Amon Ross St. Brown as their starting two wide receivers. Don't get me wrong, love Amon Ross St. Brown. Dude's a fourth-round pick, and he's starting in your lineup. So that's a little concerning to me. I think that their entire game plan is going to be built around them just establishing a run, which is why I'm so high on DeAndre Swift this year. But, I mean, I don't think that's going to be enough. You're going against one of the best defenses in the league in San Francisco 49ers. They might have the best D-line rotation in the league. with Bosa leading the charge there, and Eric Armstead and Fred Warner playing behind them. So I'm going San Francisco 49ers here pretty easily. The next game, the Sunday afternoon game, is going to be the Cleveland Browns versus the Kansas City Chiefs. And this is actually some of some people's favorite game of the week. Two teams that are supposed to be highly touted in the AFC this year. And they get the square off week one. And I'm not feeling brave enough to take the Cleveland Browns here. So I'm going to go Kansas City Chiefs. And I read a stat, I think it was last night, is that the Browns haven't won an uh, an opener since like 2002 or 2004, and I think you're going to see that trend continue. I don't think I don't think they they can hang with the Chiefs this early on. There's a lot of new pieces on that defense, a lot of new pieces uh, just in general for the Cleveland Browns, and I think Kansas City Chiefs just they have Patrick Mahomes, man. This is a guy that doesn't he shows up in the biggest moments, and this is going to be a big moment week one for him. So I'm going Kansas City Chiefs week one. Next up is going to be the Miami Dolphins at, at the New England Patriots. And I'm going to go with the Miami Dolphins here just because for the fact I love their defense. I think they're going to get a ton of turnovers. They're going against Mac Jones, a rookie quarterback, in his first start. I mean, we all know how that normally goes for rookie quarterbacks. And then I think Tua's going to take care of the ball. You've seen one thing that Tua did last year very well was he took care of the ball. He doesn't turn it over a lot. So I think that combined together with their defense is just going to be make for a recipe for a win here. I don't think that the New England Patriots are going to look like unplayable and I don't think Matt Jones is going to look terrible. But like I think Miami's going to be a juggernaut this season outside of maybe the Buffalo Bills and I think they're going to be able to throw their weight around a little bit. So I like what they're going to do and I think they come out winning week 1. Next up is going to be the Denver Broncos versus the New York Giants and I'm sorry, New York Giants fans. I'm going with Denver here. Uh, 
mainly just because I love that defense and I I don't love Danny Dimes. I don't love how he takes care of the ball. And I think it's going to be a long day for him. They got two stud pass rushers coming at him all day, all game with Von Miller and Bradley Chubb. And I don't really know who they got on that offensive line that's going to be able to stop them. They have all these weapons. They try to surround him with this talent. And I just don't know if it's going to make it. He's going to be able to get the ball to him in time. Uh, Saquon Barkley supposedly is going to play this week, so that'll be something to monitor, uh, whether or not they give him a full workload or if they limit him. But I don't think it's going to be enough. Uh, Denver Broncos are going to have Teddy Bridgewater under under center, and I think he's going to be able to manage the game enough so that they win. So I'm going with Denver Broncos week one here. The next up is going to be the Green Bay Packers and the New Orleans Saints. Uh, this game was actually moved to Jacksonville. So it's kind of like a neutral site, and it's funny because there was a rumor going around that they were researching sites that the Packers fans would be most difficult to get to or didn't show up as much uh, so they could get the most expensive plane tickets so they wouldn't come. I mean, Packers fans travel, so it's not going to be an issue, but I think I just think it's funny. It's, it's worth knowing uh, that teams actually look into that kind of stuff. But I'm going to go Green Bay here. I, I just can't see him losing to this New Orleans team. They just got way too much firepower. I mean, it's Jameson's win, excuse me, James Winston's first game starting in like, is it like a year and a half? Like, nah, I'd be, I'd be real shaky right now if I was a New Orleans Saints fan. I think their defense is going to be all right, uh, especially with Marcus Davenport and excuse me, um, Cam Jordan uh, coming off the edges there. You got Marcus, or excuse me, Marcus Lattimore on the back end, uh, Marcus Williams. Uh, I think they're set on defense. It's just the offense. I don't know if they're going to be able to score enough points to keep up with the Packers. And then the Sunday night game is going to be the Chicago Bears and the Los Angeles Rams. And if Andy Dalton is starting this game, I am 100% taking the Los Angeles Rams just because he does not do anything for me, especially against this Rams defense, which is headlined by Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald. I mean, that, that duo alone is going to give him fits all night. So this is going to be the Matt Stafford uh debut with the Rams so it'll be interesting to watch uh, I'm sure everybody will be tuned in I think I'm taking Los Angeles at least by like two scores here man I don't I'm not impressed by this Bears team so Los Angeles Rams week, week one and then for the Monday night game it's going to be the Baltimore Ray excuse me Baltimore Ravens versus the Las Vegas Raiders and I don't know who scheduled this game but this is possibly the worst week one Monday night game you could have had because I think Baltimore Ravens are going to roll the Raiders like I'm not afraid of the Raiders at all like their offense their defense might be the worst in the league and they just continue to just gut their team of like third round high first second third round draft picks in the last couple years here so Baltimore Ravens roll week one against the Las Vegas Raiders I'll make sure we keep you updated on how we do week to week here and uh give you a running track of what our record is from week one to week two to week three so that'll be interesting but other than that we we appreciate you tuning in here uh make sure you subscribe so you can follow along with us the rest of the year like i said it'll be some different content that we've been throwing out the last few weeks so we appreciate everybody tuning in and we'll see you next week